Hello and welcome to another podcast. I am Coach Marky Manila coming to you live from the Philippines and ESL, BusinessEnglishExperts.com and Initial-Impact.com. I hope you're having a good day wherever you're listening to me in the world. Um, today I'd like to speak about and discuss, and remember you can make these an active listening and coaching session. So if you are using English as a second language, then you can listen to the new vocab, the concepts, the linking phrases and how I word things, maybe idioms too and then practice using them to describe very complex and deep subject matters. Today I'm going to be discussing about burnout, um, why millennials in particular seem to be struggling with a lot of burnout, um, but also other generations too. And we're also going to look at the why of it, what is actually happening, and how can you try to avoid or recover from burnout if you are struggling. Um, it's something that can happen to many of us, um, myself included, and also um, if you have ADHD or some other, you know, um, neuro, sort of a challenge, shall we say, you're not neurotypical, um, this adds another layer of pressure, or perhaps you have some mental health challenges, um, including complex post-traumatic stress disorder and OCD like myself, or depression, um, anxiety, there are many things um, that can cause you to burn out. Also, people with bipolar disorder um, can really struggle with this too. Um, we know that kind of cycle that goes up and down, um, and it's something that is greatly um, yeah, exhausting, I think, for both people who struggle with these conditions, I know myself, and also for people who care about us um, or who are involved with us. Um, you can always feel like in the end that you are being the burden. Um, but today, let's talk about millennials. Why, why are you burning out? Okay. Um, now, if we look at it, it's often because of, I think, just an overwhelm. There is so much that is happening in life. And to be honest, I hate to always lay this problem solely at the feet of social media, but I do believe that the, the amount of uh, information we're bombarded with every day, I'm seeing that people are getting more and more overwhelmed with just the number of feeds that they are faced with. Um, and the number of choices, there's, such, there's too much perhaps available out there, which then means it, it causes like um, paralysis, okay? Analysis paralysis. You just end up, particularly if you've got that type of mind where you want to work out everything, these choices and range of different channels or wherever you're seeing things, it's not just social media, it's your inbox. I mean, if I was to go through what sometimes comes into my inbox, I mean, I don't get a chance to look at half of it. I mean, it just gets... It's just removed. I have a, a filter in place and it removes a lot of things. Um, and often, sometimes, thankfully, I'm not available um, to see my inbox all the time because I think if I was, it would be an absolute disaster for somebody, myself, who struggles with, with uh, things such as keeping the focus on what I want to do because there's so much I'm trying to do in a short space of time here. Um, and this is for a particular reason. I don't have my um, inbox on my cell phone, for example. Uh, the only time I can access my email is if I happen to be actually recording or on the laptop or using it. Um, and these days, of course, that doesn't happen as frequently. So this is why I say that uh, Telegram is the place that you can reach out to me and connect with me quicker if you're trying to reach me. But again, even on Telegram these days, I try to minimize this. Um, and of course, it depends where I am in the Philippines. We don't have great connectivity. Um, it's a concept that doesn't always work. But um, for other people who are from developed parts of the world, because you just think that Internet is everywhere. <laughs> I wish it were. Um, and of course, if you don't have enough money to buy your data, your cell phone package, your prepaid package, then you don't have any Internet at all. End off, full stop. Uh, you don't get the Wi-Fi access. Um, 
So perhaps in some ways this can save you from a lot of overwhelm. Um, although that in itself can be overwhelming because it's quite stressful and of course you, you need to be able to reach out and communicate with people. Anyway, I think that, yeah, the, the certain, what I just said there, the range of different channels and what's coming at you all is having a huge impact, okay? Also, um, ADHD as well is a big thing. More and more millennials seem to be coming up and being diagnosed with ADHD or suspecting that they have it, okay? Um, and it can mean that it's almost like basic tasks are just not even possible. And um, it's it's kind of a challenge, right? Because many, many millennials are reporting that they don't know how to do certain things, even though it should be basic enough. Um, but it's, it's almost like we're hearing that these kind of tasks can be very hard to do if people are not enthusiastic about it. Now, um, I work with um, other people who have ADHD and it's something else that is coming up. So I don't know actually whether it's millennials that are the problem or actually an increase in ADHD or something else. But this is a topic I wanted to raise and ask you as my lovely listeners, are you struggling with overwhelm? I don't know what age group you are listening to me. I have a, a, a range of listeners in different age groups, but I don't know obviously who you are listening to me today and what your age is. But would you say that you find things kind of simple to do or do you easily get overwhelmed? And does this fall in line with kind of whether you are classed as a millennial or are you a baby boomer or a Generation Z or X or I don't know. There's all these different like ways to refer to ourselves. Right. Okay. But I honestly think that um, my experience has been um, varied, but I from coaching. Um, I have to say that, yeah, the millennial age group seem to struggle more, okay, um, with just doing things and, and pushing forward and completing certain things, okay. Now, we've heard of, obviously, the kind of millennial reputation, which I don't know if it's right or wrong. I think it's an interesting one. Many um, articles are out there saying that millennials are spoiled, lazy, entitled. Um, they don't really do very well at adulting. Uh, it's just a a millennial catch-all, right, to mean a self-sufficient existence. I'm not so sure whether I agree with that. It's kind of harsh, but it is interesting. We do see that um, there's kind of um, yeah, a, an inability or perhaps a harder battle for some millennials to deal with those aspects of just going out there and getting on with life. I mean, myself, for example, I left home at a very young age, um, and I was 17, 18, and I had no choice. I had to leave home. I was expected to basically, um, as I've mentioned in other podcasts, my background was not particularly um, easygoing, shall we say. Um, and I suffered um, from um, an abusive situation when I was quite young. So in, in many ways, it, it pushed that to have to happen. Um, I don't know whether... It is what it is, right? Okay. But what I'm trying to say is that I think if I'd have stayed, it would probably be more damaging than if I'd have left, but equally damaging to leave, I believe, at such an impressionable age where you're not really wise to the world at all. But regardless of that, I got into, well, pretty much I could argue, actually, I'd been in an, an adult role from about the age of four or five because of my particular life circumstances and the situation at home. Um, I really... Uh, didn't get much of a chance to be a child, which I suppose, you know, you could say, well, that's given me some benefits, right? I've always had to look at the world in a very serious and um, 
concerned way, but equally it's caused some severe um, mental health challenges for me and damage. So I'm not too sure, but it is what it is. And I always try to present a more positive view of it and say, transform your, your pain into power. Although these days it's becoming exceptionally difficult for me to even manage to do that. But I'm still here trying for you all with the podcast to try and give you what I can um, in the time that I have available and, and how I can manage my own uh, burnout and where I'm feeling I've kind of reached at the moment. So let's talk about it. It can be difficult, but yeah, I was expected to go out, pay the bills. I had three jobs at one point. Um, you know, and you just had to get on and do. Um, and, you know, if you if you want to eat, you've got to buy food and cook it, right? Okay, and that your actions have consequences. Um, being an adult is hard, right? Okay, life is hard, I suppose. Um, and I would also say, well, anything worth doing is, is going to be hard, right? Um, like to make progress in life, to push through on life, we're going to come up against serious challenges and no more so than when obviously I came to the Philippines myself. And not only were we dealing with challenges with poverty and deprivation in many places, as much as there's great affluence, this is the thing, it's a huge wealth gap, okay, which I could talk about in another podcast, quite frankly. Um, but, you know, yeah, we've got the challenges from the environment. You know, if you haven't got a, a monsoon, you've got a cyclone or a typhoon or several super typhoons. You've got mud, mudslides, you've got landslides, you've got um, volcanoes, earthquakes. I mean, oh my goodness, in the first year of being here, I suffered more earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and um, on top of COVID and everything else than I think uh, most people had in their, you know, collective years here. I think we just went through a really very strange time of it with the amount of earthquakes in that first year. I'll never forget that. And the volcanic eruption was just like, wow, a whole other thing to live through. Um, as well as coping with COVID lockdowns. And then, of course, everything that happened to me from my relationship and just the attacks, the abuse, death threats. It's just been, yeah. Okay, but so in a way, um, I look back at that period of time, I think, I don't know how I survived that, but clearly I managed somehow. Um, and this is something I wanted to speak about today. So millennials are saying, and it seems to be that they're burning out more, okay, that it seems that it's just very hard um, for, for you to do, okay, um, certain things. So you might have a weekly to-do list, okay, but then you just push it forward to the next week and the next week. Okay, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But honestly and truly, that to me also sounds like ADHD. Now, I'm no expert in these matters. Um, and I'm no, you know, sort of um, genius in these matters at all. So I'm not to be taken as a professional speaking about ADHD. But I find this very interesting. And I do wonder if this is perhaps more what's going on. And why is it happening? Right. Okay. Um, now, if you think about it, certain things are not hard. Some tasks are not difficult. Right. Like doing 10 minutes of English a day. This is why I say just break it down to 10 minutes a day. It's more likely you're going to get it done. Okay. Um, going and doing something, making appointments, but it can feel as though everything is just kind of on a to-do list that then doesn't get done. Yeah. And it is strange. It's almost like impossible to say why this is happening, but happening it is. And I get this more and more with my millennial clients in the past. Um, saying that they are just struggling with this, okay? And then, of course, the shame, the kind of the guilt about not being able to get these things done, okay? 
Um, and why can other people seem to do it, right? But you can't, yeah. And also this can happen, I think, in ADHD where there are some things which are really possible for you to do if you're interested. Because remember, ADHD is partly an interest-based nervous system. Um, I have a lovely, a lovely contact that I work with and she says this, that, you know, if she's interested in something, she absolutely can, you know, hyper focus and get in and get on with it. Okay. But if something doesn't interest her, it's like you, you could be waiting a very long time. Okay. And I don't know really what we do about that because if it's starting to have a detrimental impact on your life or other people's lives that you're involved with, then this is this is obviously where we can then start to feel guilt and shame stepping in and that's not really a helpful emotion to deal with. Um because, you know, beating ourselves up about it doesn't actually get the work done. It actually just takes your mood down further. Um, and really, we're trying to lift that mood because, again, with ADHD, there is a, usually an imbalance in dopamine, not enough of it. So this is why you might see people, I mean, myself included in the past, you know, I would use exercise or hiking and walking and running and working out would give me that dopamine that I needed. You know, much higher to push it than most average people, I would say, or neurotypical people, just to keep my myself in that normal zone so I could focus, I could cope. Um, and then, of course, when you get burnt out, it's almost like your systems aren't responding in the same way. What you used to do doesn't work anymore. So, like, for me at the moment, it's a real challenge um, because my body, as well as my mind, has got burnt out. Um, after having COVID for the fifth time, something significantly has changed there as well. Um, and my long-term situation that I've endured in the Philippines, and as I've mentioned in other podcasts, just the, the abusive situation that I've been dealing with um, has yeah, taken every single ounce of whatever I had left. So my systems don't seem to be working in the same way. And I don't know whether this is also happening for other people because of COVID and lockdowns and what we've gone through. We have to look at a lot of different things, right? But again, I wanted to talk about it because I believe it's important for us to talk about mental health, burnout and what, what's been happening, why it might be happening and what can we do, okay? Um, now, the more that you try to figure out um, why you are burned out. Sometimes it can help, other times it just makes you feel even worse because particularly if you can't work out why, you know, that maybe you've got nothing else going on but you still feel you're burnt out. And that could be other things too. It could be depression um, and, you know, there are many signs there to look out for, isn't there? That, you know, this might be more than just, okay, you're tired with the general day-to-day -day stuff. Right. If you're able to get other things done, the chances are that you're not burnt out. Okay, but that doesn't always sit true either. Now that's a good expression. So it doesn't mean not always. Um, for example, um, if you're like myself, even though you're burnt out, if you are, if you're kind of like a fighter, a survivor, which I believe I've had to be, um, then personally speaking, I will still, still try. Even if there's like just I've only have one fingernail left, <laughs> all right, I will still try something, okay. But again, this can then be looked at in a very strange way by other people who are judgmental, thinking, well, if he's able to do that, he could do all the other stuff too, and that's totally missing the point. And I remember I once spoke to a fabulous psychologist who I used to work with, and she said, look, you know, in the past it probably would have been better if you'd have just very early on just like literally. She said this, and I'm not. 
you know, I'm not supporting this or saying this, but she said, you know, you'd have probably been better off if you had have tried to have like done something very serious and drastic to your life that put it in threat, because then health professionals would have taken you more seriously. And I just thought, good God. And she agreed. Good God. Is it, do we really have to get to the point where you have to take such drastic measures that then and only then will like the NHS in the UK do something to help you with your mental health issues? Okay, and stop things becoming in an absolute mess like they have. Um, you know, it's just nonsense. Okay, but the people who try, the people who still keep trying, even though there's bits of them falling off all over, they just seem to be, in my experience at the moment, vilified further. Right? Okay, it's misunderstood. So it seems either you should give up trying completely, and then maybe someone will take you seriously, but then that's not going to help you, is it? Really? You're just, you know. Or you keep trying on and off, but then that's misinterpreted as, okay, well, this person isn't quite what they're saying they are because they can manage to do all these certain things, but they can't do other things. And um, in a way, this is why I feel mental health matters, ADHD as well, and, and sort of any neurotypical issues, and ASD, autism, Asperger's, um, totally misunderstood, totally misunderstood. And we've still got a long way to go. Um, to leveling that playing field so yeah millennials i don't know quite why this is happening more uh, life has been hard okay but it just seems that and millennials themselves are saying this they seem to feel they're unequipped to deal with particular ways it's become hard for them okay i mean some people are saying you know should they meditate should they delegate more tasks within a relationship um perform more self-care uh, put timers on your social media so you're cut off from them okay um, how can you cure your burnout? This is the question, you know, and as millennials have, have now moved into their 30s, okay, um, it seems to be a question that keeps coming up and there seems to be a failure and inadequate answer, okay, and maybe it is the wrong question altogether, really, honestly and truly. Um, you know, we are kind of looking into that the millennials fall within a age range of about 22 to about 38, 39. That is the millennial kind of time frame by official standards. And honestly and truly, um, it's difficult, but the behaviors that are given a lot to millennials in general by society, okay, um, then you've been impacted by a number of things. Okay, and they've been given these different kind of uh, labels. So mainly, if you think about it, these behaviours, though, as I read in a, a, a great uh, piece the other day, are mostly coming from people who you would say are in a middle class society, white, developed country, 1981 to 1996, these, these age ranges were born between, right? Okay, but even if you didn't grow up in that kind of uh, cultural or societal, uh, I don't know, triangle, as it were, okay, you're still being impacted by these things that have, you know, changed the generation. Okay, so your parents as a millennial tend to be a mix of like sort of boomers, the baby boomers, the younger end of the baby boomers, and, you know, older generation Xs. I believe I'm a generation X, although I have no idea. I'm just a human being. Um, but, you know, you've been raised in a period of like well, a fairly good economic political stability. OK. And like every single generation, probably world over, there's always an expectation that the next generation is going to be better off. OK. Than the one that has come before. Um, and 
But I actually have to say, just like Generation X, millennials also have found that this has been proven to be false. Okay, financially speaking, you're lagging behind where your parents were. Um, although I have to say that, yeah, you know, I was <laughs> I was able to invest into the property market um, at about the age of 20, well, was I about 22. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I did, I was able to really make the most of perhaps opportunities I was able to grab back then. I think these opportunities are far less for millennials now, and I do believe that doesn't help at all. Okay. Savings are pretty hard to do. Um, you know, there's less stability. And of course, if we look at student debt, I believe this is the biggest issue of our time because um, millennials have been kind of told that, okay, it was no longer good enough just to get a university degree. It had to be a master's, a PhD. So you're taking on even more debt because pretty much there was a time where not everybody had a degree. And then when everybody started to have a degree, then you had to have a master's. And then when everybody had that, you had to have a PhD. Okay. So it's just become like this way again to get you into more debt and keep you chasing a never ending cycle of qualifications. And actually I say the best qualification is life. You know, if you've managed to go out there and do it, then that should stand for far more than a piece of paper. But Ah, we know, realistically speaking, that a lot of these employers want to see that piece of paper. Okay, and that can be a bit of a challenge. So you feel forced into this situation. Um, then, of course, we had like, you know, um, you've got the 2008 financial crisis that completely annihilated lots of uh, lots of things. Okay, um, and then of course this whole knock-on effect to the inflationary pressures we're facing yet today, COVID notwithstanding. Also, um, if you you know look at it, okay, is that you just are having huge challenges in general, knowing where to go in the world, right? Okay. Also, if we look at childhoods, they're spent differently. All right. So, you know, when I was a child, you could perhaps run around the local area and, you know, you, you took a lot of risks, maybe. But these days we're finding that risks are not there. Um, parents are certainly parents of millennial children were really kind of like watching them. And, you know, you weren't allowed to go and play out as much or given that that kind of opportunity to learn about how to behave. Um, and interact with very stressful situations. So if we do this, um, then we are kind of creating a very protected situation. Um, but then that means that when we get out into the world, which is pretty awful and ugly at times, right, okay, that we just don't have that type of resilience, right? Just don't have it. Um, so what's wrong with this? Well, there's nothing wrong with this. It's just that many millennials are finding that they're burnt out by these types of things, all of the work, the, the loan payments that you've taken on for your debt. Um, I know myself, you know, the weight of burden of the debts can be huge and massive and you're not, you know, you're not getting the income that you were told you would get with the jobs. Okay. It's very hard to uh, compete for the jobs. And you've got a huge problem because you can't even invest into property. So you can't build an asset for yourself or a nest egg value. And again, I know that myself. You just are stuck, okay, in this feeling of that there's nothing actually possible for you. And that can then lead to this feeling of burnout and just being overwhelmed, okay? So I think that really when we look at it, um, what do we do about it? That's the more important thing. Why are we getting burnt out? Why is all this happening? And what is the solution? And this 
is probably, right, the biggest challenge of all. Um, maybe it's about looking to understand, okay, that the cognitive load, as new research has shown, on those who are financially insecure is massive, okay? So if you live in poverty, this is true, it's equivalent to losing about 13 IQ points. This has been done with scientific research fairly recently, and you can research that online, okay? It was in sciencemag.org. Um, and, you know, look at it, just, I'm talking about Americans here, because this is what this study's about, but I think wherever you are in the world, okay, if you are straddling the line, if you cannot get by, okay, to be poor is to, it reduces your mental bandwidth to make good decisions, okay, or any decisions, actually, right, it kind of puts you in paralysis, and I know myself exactly what that can that can do then if we throw in any other issues such as like adhd or mental health challenges that's just going to put extra cognitive load on everything and it's no wonder then by the time we look at this with less stability of employment safety um you know just the whole thing okay then yeah right we're going to face a challenge in making even the simplest of decisions it's not a place that just happens every now and again that we have a bit of burnout it's almost like become a permanent situation and that also is how i i feel it can be as well um and i i don't know really what the answer is here okay but i do i do believe i do believe that certain burnout strategies don't always fix it all right um i'm not too sure that i am a fan of like just meditating your way out of burnout, okay? Um, or journaling <laughs> or, or coloring in coloring books. I mean, I'm not knocking this, okay? I'm not knocking this, but I do believe that quite frankly speaking, um, it's important for you to find what, what is wrong, all right? and how to find your right. If these things work for you, great. If they don't, don't feel bad that the adult coloring book isn't working for you, all right? Also, it could be that you do need to completely change your life and what you're doing. Maybe you need to go and just look at doing something completely out and away from your current job, okay? Um, and honestly and, and truly, it's about, I think, your relationship with yourself. Okay, it, I seem to see a great demand on people's time to push and work harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. Okay, and I would say that your capacity and mine, you know, to burn out and still try to keep working is a big value. Do not underestimate how well you are doing, even if you feel lazy or very um, despairing about your situation. Remember that if you're still trying to do something, even listening to this podcast, you're attempting to still push forward, okay? Um, and that is a very important thing for you to understand. If a person's behavior doesn't make sense to you, okay? And this is, uh, this is said by a psychologist, okay? Social psychologist, Devon Price. Um, if the person's behavior doesn't make sense to you, it's because you're missing a part of their context. It's that simple. Okay, so some of our behaviors might not be um, kind of understood, okay, but it's because it's like, how can I put it, something is missing from the narrative, either we're not able to speak out or 
just people have burnt themselves out to the point where they're exhausted. Okay, and you can't explain yourself. No, and I believe that at times like this, there is nothing else better than you can do than just taking yourself away from the world for a bit. Okay, just get yourself ah, that kind of distance that you need. All right. Um, but if you are struggling today or any day with these types of situations, okay, um, if you feel that life has left you with a bit of a, an overwhelm, um, that you don't know still what you should be doing with your life, perhaps you feel guilty or ashamed that you can't seem to get your life together, I just want you to know you're not alone. Okay? And I'm not so sure it just applies to millennials. I think many people these days are struggling with that. But particularly if you're, if you're in poverty, if you are struggling financially, as I've said, the biggest challenge, I believe, is what it does to your, your ability to focus, to feel safe. It's down to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, to be honest. Um, you have to have a basic need for a fixed location and enough food and to know that you're not in threat of being annihilated before any of those things are in place you can't start to build at a higher level okay um so try to take take care of those needs today first and foremost i hope this has helped you it's good for us to discuss these concepts i don't have the answers but i hope that it's just helpful to know you're not alone please share it far and wide and take care of your day see you soon Thank you for listening to my podcast and if you have enjoyed it, please feel free to sponsor a segment. If you're listening on Spotify, you can simply go to sponsor this podcast and you will be able to sponsor me for as little as just 99 cents a month, which is highly affordable and also gratefully appreciated. If you prefer to do something one-off, then you can just simply buy me a cup of coffee. Again, details are in the show notes below each program and you can click there and pay securely via Stripe. And again, this enables me to continue providing these podcasts totally free of charge for you all here so even if you can't afford high level coaching i'm sure that every now and again you might want to sponsor me to enable this podcast to keep running for as long as possible for you thank you in advance for everything you can do to help keep me keeping these going for you and of course you can just simply help me by spreading the word about the podcast Put me on your social media. Everywhere that you go, tweet about me, blog about me, whatever you'd like to do about me, as long as it's beneficial and it's polite, okay? I welcome all of that, but please just circulate the information far and wide. Our job here in the Coach Mark Manila family is to get this information into the hands of the people like you who really need this and deserve to get this at a really free price. Take care. I'll see you soon.